Uh, we're going to kick back into Daniel. We're in uh, at chapter 1, and and just to bring you back to where we are, and I know I, you've been reading through um, different chapters, or 1 through 12, I've asked you to read through that, and that you can continue to um, write in the margin of your Bible, or you can, you know, if you have a question, or this really, this really made sense, or I love this word when it says everything, and he became 10 times better, or whatever. So continue to read and ask the Lord to speak to you. Um, uh, chapter 1 is the introduction of Daniel. Uh, we are probably going to um, finish in there and go into chapter 2, which is Nebuchadnezzar's dream, big old King Nebi. And then as we continue to go on, then in, in uh, 8 through 12, then it will be the apocalyptic. Um, you know, there is no revelation without Daniel. There is no Daniel without revelation. And so it, it, those two merge each other. And so uh, I'm excited for that as well. Uh, any any questions at all as you're reading through Daniel this week? Anything that stuck out to you? Anything that uh, that uh, you didn't know about Daniel before? Or there was just something that just popped out and you were like, you know what? This this amazed me. Or, or you know, the Lord spoke to me in this or whatever. Mm. No, very quiet in here. No, all right. I will. I will continue. What were you saying? What, Pam? Yes. Well, when they were about to be thrown in the fiery furnace, they say we believe our God is able to save us. But even if He doesn't, we will still praise Him. Mm-hmm. So, wow, these people live like that, right? Oh yeah. Even if He doesn't, I'll still praise Him, right? Amen. Right? That's how. That's the faith. That's that's absolutely how you walk by faith and not by sight. Right? That's the unseen. And even if this is God's, even if this this is for His glory, the other way. Remember, we overcome with what greater power because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Right? We overcome for greater glory because it's Jesus's glory. So even if He doesn't, I will still praise Him. Right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else before we dig in? Yeah. A couple things. Um, it's been suggested that Daniel was kind of a, the source, ultimately, of the Magi, and that they were kind of schooled underneath him, and of course, um, part of Daniel being written by Nebuchadnezzar himself, and how God will use someone who's quite nasty to forward his will, and in the end, he was saved. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Not after he didn't go through many things, however. (laughs) You want to come to him when he just calls your name, right? (laughs) You don't want to have to come to him, right? Like my mom used to say in Philippians, honey, God God has started, you know, a good thing in you, right? And he will complete it. You can come kicking and screaming if you want, but he will complete it, right? It's like, I want to, like, see us... Lewis says, he whispers to you in your pleasures, right? He speaks to you in your conscience, but he shouts to you in your trials because he's trying to bring you to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that. thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Look at Renee's trying to read. <laughs> I need some readers, Chick? <laughs> well, there you go. And it really goes into more detail on what we're talking about, Daniel. Excellent. Yeah. It's showing it prophetically? Yeah. Excellent. Good, good, good. Excellent. All right, so let's um, let's let's turn to the Lord and um, open up in prayer and crank in. All right, let's go. We need to ask the Lord to really dig in for us today. 
Lord, we uh, are here and we uh, want to be all here. We don't want to um, be thinking of what we could be doing or what our kids are doing or what they have done or, you know, it doesn't make any difference, Lord. What, what will make a difference is us hearing from you today. And so, Jesus, I ask that you bring us to the point of stilling ourselves so that we would want to hear from you, that you may go deep into us and that we would, um, we would respond to you. We respond to you in a way that uh, you are pricking our heart as you, um, Holy Spirit, teaches, Lord, generally, and then he takes it specifically to our hearts, Lord, that we would respond in ways that um, perhaps we never have before. Just open the eyes of our heart, Lord. May we walk and hear from you. May we... uh, just just want to chew on your word and your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword it divides sinew against bone it goes deep Lord go into the secret places go to where um, go to where we you know we don't let you go and do what you do Lord let us surrender let us uh, hear from you thank you for Daniel thank you for uh his life. Thank you for how he was an overcomer because he knew you. He absolutely knew you. And he walked in your ways. And so, Lord, we want to be that. We want to be a Daniel. We want to know you more in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in your sufferings, becoming like you in death. So somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Lord, we want to know you. So speak to us. Speak to us today. And may we go uh, forth uh, walking as the joy of the Lord, as our strength. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Uh, Just as a quick little overview, you know, where Daniel lived, right? Right? This is Persia, right? Assyria, Babylon, right? He lived in this little area here. Right, Israel, Judah, and this is the blow-up of it over here. And, of course, the Babylonians, Assyrians, etc., they were always besieging one another, right? Besieging. So Nebuchadnezzar was just happening to be on his way back, happened to stop in Jerusalem, besieged it, and then took Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, and many, many others, okay? And so uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, and, And so we will see the indoctrination of what Nebuchadnezzar had been doing, okay, and, and how he was quite the tactician. He was really quite the tactician. Not, not a godly one, but in his own tactician way. And so uh, we will see, though, through this, how Daniel uh, continued to walk no matter the circumstances. It didn't matter if he was in Jerusalem or if he had been taken as one of the best of the best, right? He was like one of the big studs uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, right? And, and as a leader. And it didn't make any difference. Once he was there, however, uh, he wanted him to eat from the king's table. He wanted him to, you know, have the education of him. He wanted to change his name, da 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 But Daniel already had what? Purposed in his heart. He had already purposed in his heart and there's the key because whenever you're put somewhere whenever a circumstance comes along whenever there's um, whenever there is a temptation whenever there is something that's put right in front of you if you have already purposed in your heart you won't do it 
right? If you already have purpose in your heart that this is the way to walk, now this is, I'm going to walk in it, then you aren't going to do it, okay? And so Daniel stood firm. He stood fast on his faith because he knew God and he continued to purpose in his heart. So we are, uh, let's see, we are uh, at verse 8, uh, but, but we will go open up to Daniel 1, but we will read to that point. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and did what? He besieged it. Okay, now that just means, you, you know what that means, right? That Jerusalem, that, that Israel now, Judah, is now a vassal, V-A-S-S-A-L, to, Bab- uh, to Babylon. Because, you know, they are subservient. Okay, even if they're still there, they're still subservient. Okay, they don't move everybody to Babylon, but they need to be subservient. Okay, all right. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God, which was Marduk, in uh, Babylonia, and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. I mentioned to you that you could use that and tell your husband that that's just how he is. Have you tried that yet? It worked wonderfully on mine. Oh, honey, thank you. (laughs) None of you have tried that, have you? Look at you, Val. Come on. Your Dave would be like, oh, that's great. All right. All right. He was to teach... He was, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Okay, so they were absolutely trying to what? Indoctrinate. Right? That's why three years, you can absolutely leave everything behind. I'm now in charge. I'm Nebuchadnezzar. You leave everything that you knew behind, family, culture, everything that you believed, and now I'm indoctrinating you to this way. Okay? Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. And remember that we had um, learned before that their names before were Hebrew names, right? That, that meant, you know, God is my judge, and then it went to what? It went to a Babylonian name, which was totally the antithesis of God. Okay, it went to the idols, all right? And so they, they tried then to change their names, okay? But did that matter to Daniel? No, because what? He knew who he was in God. It doesn't matter what you call me, I know who I am, okay? And so he continues to walk in that way, all right? As well as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Daniel resolved... Purposed in his heart, underline that, resolved, purposed in his heart, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Verse 9, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. God initiates, God prepares the way, and God does it, okay? God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants 
events in accordance with what you see. So we agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier, better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. He gave his favor. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal, none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. And remember Cyrus out of Isaiah? Was he a good guy or a bad guy? Bad guy. Did he acknowledge God? Yes, he did. No. No, not at all. He did not acknowledge God. Um, if you read in Isaiah, I think it's, 45. what was it, 49? 40? Thank you, 45? No. It, it, um, God tells King Cyrus, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what it is. And you don't even acknowledge me. But this is who I am, and this is what I'm going to use you, and this is what I'm going to do, which gives you absolute, the whole theme of Daniel is the fact that I'm in control, I'm God, I will work it out, it, it, absolutely my plan will not be thwarted, I am above all kings and, you know, kings and rulers, and I will pick and choose and use as I may for my glory, I will work it out. Okay? And in a political year, you should say amen to that. <laughs> you should say, always make sure to, to vote your faith, but you say amen to that, right? Amen. So, in verse 8, in verse 8, okay, Daniel's decision was to absolutely be faithful, all right? He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He absolutely would not defile himself. And that word defile carries the um, thought of polluting or staining. It pollutes, it stains, okay? And, and, um, in, in Isaiah 59.3, Zephaniah 3.1, Malachi 1.7, uh, I want you to write those down. Uh, that is what the word comes from, polluting or staining. So he's not going to pollute himself. He's not going to stain himself. All right. And so he requested not to defile himself. And that implies that there's a spiritual basis for this, okay? Because he's going to defile himself, there is a spiritual basis for that. And he didn't want to make it seem like he wanted to avoid the king's food for any other reason, other than a spiritual basis, okay? And so this was the core. It was a deeper reason. It was a heart reason. That's why he was able to say, you know what? I purposed in my heart. I purposed in my heart. That's what heart, mind, will, emotions, Right? The very core of your very being that you purpose in your heart with that way. And, he, and what I love is, is that he requests. Remember, he requests. He doesn't, he, he, you know, and many people think, well, Daniel, really, aren't you making a big deal over something that's sort of small? I mean, this, this seems like a great big deal, all right? But guess what? Remember, when God sees that we're faithful in little, what does he allow us to do? Faithful in much. Right? We're faithful in little, faithful in much. Guess what? Remember what we talked about? This food had been what? Given to the gods, right? Given to the idols, okay? The wine had been used uh, as, a, as a saturation kind of thing and as a poured out offering to them. And he's like, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I, I purposed in my heart beforehand that I'm not going to do that because that is not who Yahweh God is. That's not who our wonderful God is. And so he continued to walk that way. And 
Daniel realized that even the smallest areas touched every part of his life. Every part of his life. That if he would compromise in this area, he's going to compromise in another. If he compromises, say, oh, you know what? Well, you know what? God will understand. It's food. It's great big food. I mean, I don't want to be rude. I mean, look what he's doing. He wants me to be healthy, and I'll be healthy for God. You know, for Yahweh God. Right? Could he have compromised? Could he have rationalized? Absolutely. But what happens when you do that? You go down. You go down, right? Then you're going to sin. The second you start going, well, you know you're going to rationalize and you're going to sin. I promise you, that is not keeping your purpose, right? Purposing in your heart. That is not resolving in your heart. Once you start weighing it, like Satan goes, well, did God really say, I mean, is it that bad? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Now you're going the opposite way. You're going the opposite way of what God has for you. And so, and so remember we talked about that the very root of, of, the very root of sin goes back to what? Eating what? Forbidden food. The very root of sin. The very beginning root of sin goes back to eating forbidden food, okay? Okay, so he's not going to defile himself, all right? And, and we know that it's because of the fact that it wasn't kosher, number one. Number two, it was given to the gods, okay? And, and thirdly, it, it would be like joining in with the Babylonian cultural system. And he'd already purposed in his heart that he's not going to do that. He's not going to become one of those, all right? And so he didn't object to the name given to him, like I mentioned, because guess what? He knew who he was. He knew he's Daniel. You can call me anything you want, but I know who I am. Okay? Can people call you anything you want, but you know who you are? You know who you are, right? You know what you believe, your purpose in your heart, okay? And, you know, and he didn't, it, he didn't, it didn't bother him about the whole Babylonian education and, and the three years of training and all that kind of stuff because he knew what he believed. He already purposed in his heart. This is what's true. This is how I'm walking. Uh, even right now, um, Becca is uh, at a Christian university, and uh, her major is um, pre-med, and so she needs to take some uh, biology classes. And they were going over evolution. And two of the professors, of course, are dead on with, uh, with um, the Bible. And the other one has gone into macroevolution and has talked all about um, that this is a metaphor and that this is all this and everything. And Becca texts me and she goes, Ma, Ma, this isn't true. She says, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get an A in the midterm, but I'm telling you, I'm going to write in the, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, sides of the margins. margins. Thanks. The margins, I'm like, what is that called? The margins of the paper that this is what truth is. And she just texted me today. She goes, Mom, I got a 94. I'm like, praise God. Praise God. She said, but you know what? You need to pray for this guy. You pray for this guy. And I'm telling you, a lot of Christian universities are going that way. Sadly to say. Sadly to say. Well, it means that, you know, this is just a metaphor when he said seven days and six days and this kind of stuff. And it it really, you know, the the world is really 41 billion years old and I can prove it and et cetera, et cetera. So it's evolution. It's, you know, it's evolution. So, so, and, and, and sadly to say, you know, but, but the good part about it is that I shared with her, I said, well, there you are, you're a Daniel, right? doesn't matter what that education is, you know, you know what you believe, you know what you believe to be true. Okay, and so you know, and Daniel, however, did object to the food because why? Because it would be in direct disobedience to God's word. 
Right? That's direct disobedience to God's word. Anytime it's direct disobedience to God's word, that's why you need to be non-negotiable, face-to-face time in the word, so you know the word, so you know him more, right? So you know when it's direct disobedience to God's word. Because that would be. The other education... It's like, you know what, I, I know what I believe. I know exactly, and I'll, I'm going to keep on keeping on because I purpose in my heart. My name, you can call me anything you want because I know who I am in God. So, you know, but when it comes to absolutely, you know, direct disobedience to God's word, you don't step over it. You don't step over it. You don't rationalize. And so, with the wine as well, he would not drink the wine, okay? And now, God doesn't forbid or didn't forbid, you know, drinking wine, okay? But in pagan cultures, in their, in their culture, they dedicated the wine to the gods. So, Daniel refused it. He absolutely refused it. But I love this remarkably courageous thing that he did. He requests. He requests. And he says to the little chief guy, you know, well, I'd like to request this kind of thing. He didn't need to request, did he? But he did, right? Because he's walking... He's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, right, through God. And he's going, you know what, I'm going to request. And he requests, okay, because let me tell you something. When you're requesting this, you have to remember that the king ordered the menu. The king is the one who has all this sumptuous food out and everything. And so now you're rejecting the menu that the king put out. You're rejecting the king. Wait a minute. I got this for you guys. I mean, this is great. You, you know, what are you doing? Right? So, so it's courageous that he makes this decision because he could now be construed that he's rejecting the king. Okay, as well as refusing that food could make him look like he's uncooperative. Okay, this kid's uncooperative. All right, you know, remember 14 to 17 years old. And that could spoil any of the chances of advancement for him. Okay, and quite frankly, we know that many of the other, many of the other Hebrew lads did eat the food. Except for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right? So, and quite frankly, there was a real threat for punishment because Nebuchadnezzar was nasty. Nasty boy. Remember? Do you remember some of the things he's done? Do you remember that? I mean, he was nasty, okay? Um, severe, sadistic punishments, all right? He was capable of great cruelty. I purposely wrote this down um, and underlined it. He murdered the sons of one king of Judah before the king's eyes, then immediately gouged out the eyes of the king, so his last memory would always be the murder of his sons. <laughs> Jeremiah 39, 6 and 7 is where you can find that. Okay? 39, 6 and 7. And then other rulers of Judah were literally roasted to death over a fire in Jeremiah 29, 22. Okay. Put yourself in his spot. Uh, He's left his family, left his culture, left everything he knows. Yep, and, but he hasn't left his God, right? And so he's holding on to God's hand. Wherever God's going to take him, he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. But he's come into a situation which he knows is horrific. But he's put in a place of honor. But, and he knows how God works. And so he's in God's waiting room. And he continues to do the next right thing. So he's smack dab in the middle of God's will. Even though you wouldn't think that's true. Look at all your circumstances. Does this look like God's will to you, me? No. Think about your circumstances right now. Does it look like God's will to you? No, it might not. But when you are walking and doing the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing, you are smack dab in the middle of where he wants you. So he gets the glory. He gets the glory. You grow up, he gets the glory, right? It's always for our good and for his glory. And so there he is. And, and, and he knows how horrendous this guy is. Okay? How, how would you feel? 
right? You know, when have you made a courageous decision like that? Have you ever had to make a courageous decision like that? Maybe not that huge, but a courageous decision where you stood for what you knew, where you had purposed in your heart and you walked over the line saying, nope, I am living above the line here and I will not go anywhere else but. It's a courageous decision, and that's what Daniel did. And you know what? That food was extremely attractive. I am sure his mouth started salivating when he's looking at that. Just amazing food, right? Remember, the other people ate basically nothing, right? It was like servants, like mush, compared to this incredible array of food. And I'm sure, you know, he was thinking, you know, wow, this is probably a way better alternative to being a vegetarian and drinking water for three years, right? And so, and, and so remember... Two, that he was far away from his home country, and when you're away, guess what happens? What goes through your mind when you're away? Nobody will know. know. Excellent, Doris. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. You know what? I'll just... Really? And I can just hear the evil one. Did God really say not to eat this food? I mean, really? Right? Can't, Can't you just hear this? Right? And nobody will know. Nobody will know. Separated from home, separated from family, very easy to compromise. Very, very easy to compromise. My husband has told me numerous times when he has done conferences and conventions and everything, he'll say, "Hun," he'll call and say, honey, you won't believe how the guy's turned into something that he had no idea. Because nobody will know they think. Nobody will know. So, and then... Think about this. It'd probably be very easy for him to think that, that God had let them down. Right? I mean, here they are in the, you know, in the, in the, in the temple in, in Israel, okay, in, in Judah, and here they are serving, okay, and here they are, the creme de la creme, okay, and, and now they feel, you know, maybe let down because they were carried away to Babylon, okay? You know, why, why should we risk our necks for a God who's let us down? Right? And why would he let this happen to me? In other words, that old saying that, whoa, why is this happening to me? Instead of, what do you want me to do in this, Lord? How do you want me to learn? What, What do you have for me? What can I learn through this? Instead of, how does this affect me? Daniel didn't have that. But we tend to do that, okay? Many Christians have a mentality that says, hey, you know what, God, you do right by me, and then I'll do right by you. That doesn't work. That doesn't work because you know why? Uh, God will always do right by us. Always. Because he can't do anything else because that's his character. It's innate in him. He always will, will do right by us. But we don't always know what right is for us. Because his purpose in our lives is for us to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Right? To glorify him forever here and there. And while we're here, to be conformed to the likeness of his son. So that we can be Jesus here on earth. So that we walk through here as an overcomer. So others will go, what is it about you, Judy? And you lead him right to the throne. That's what it's about. So Daniel had purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. And in... In this, you can see how Daniel is illustrating how to conquer a difficult trial and glorify God in the midst of the testing. Ever been there? Ever been there? You might be there right now. You might be there right now. And so, first, to do that, your heart must be set. Right? Your heart has to be set. In other words, when you made up your mind beforehand that you will not compromise whatever. And that's what he did. 
So your, your absolute heart, your mind, will, and emotions must be set. And then your life must continue to be winning. Winning, like an overcomer, okay? David found favor with his what? His superiors. Did the superiors know Yahweh God? No, but David found favor in it because God already had gone before him. God initiates. You have to remember that he's gone before you. He's gone before you. He has already prepared the path. He's making a, 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 a place in the wilderness, a path in the wilderness, right? The old is gone. You look back and say, see how faithful he is, and you continue to walk in the faithfulness of this new path that he has already prepared and already initiated and already is doing. You're just joining him in this. Okay? And so Daniel is joining him. And then what he did is, is when you protest, you need to be courteous. You need to be courteous when you protest. Okay? In other words, he requested. He made a polite request. He showed discretion. He was very God-like. He was very Jesus-like in what he did. Okay? Making a stand for Jesus Christ does not mean that we need to be obnoxious. It does not mean that. People are not attracted to that. We make a stand for Jesus Christ by being Jesus, not being obnoxious. I mean, I remember being raised in a very, very legalistic church, and I've probably shared this with you many times, but I ran from it because people were so obnoxious. They would grab me literally by my clothes and say, you're going to hell in a handbasket. Just, you know, constant pressure and legalism and, 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 and putting me down and, and, you know, the do's and don'ts and the rights and wrongs and the list of rules and continually that you couldn't measure up to, you couldn't measure up to, you couldn't measure up to it until I came to know him personally and passionately and powerfully at age 31 realizing that, you know what, he did it all for me on the cross. I couldn't do anything but accept it. Accept it. That's how we're to live. You're obnoxious for him. You're Jesus. You're absolutely Jesus to him, okay? And then, and then the self-denial in ourselves, we need to seek that, okay? Because Daniel and his friends knew it would cost them something. It would cost them something, okay? And yet they were willing. <coughs> yet they were continually willing. Are you willing self-denial? It will cost you something to stand up for Jesus Christ. It will cost you something to be Jesus to the person who is not lovely. It will cost you something, but it is worth it all. It's worth it all. Charles Spurgeon says this, Be ready for a bad name. Be willing to be called a bigot. Be prepared for the loss of friendships. Be prepared for anything so long as you can stand fast by him who bought you with his precious blood. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to have a bad name? Be called a bigot, loss of friendships. Be prepared for anything so long as you can stand fast by him who bought you with his precious blood. That's happened to me way, many, many times. Many, many times. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because he makes it all right. That's what Daniel did. He stood and he purposed in his heart. And the test must be boldly put. This is what Spurgeon says. 
I think that a Christian man should be willing to be tried. He should be pleased to let his religion be put to the test. There, says he, hammer away if you like. Do you want to be carried to heaven on a feather bed? Do you want always to be protected from everybody's sneer and frown and to go to heaven as if you're riding in the procession on Lord, Ma- my Lord Mayor's Day? Right? The test must be boldly put. Otherwise, it's not a test. If everything is just going hunky-dory for you guys, you know what? They're not going to see Jesus in you. It's when the test comes along that oh, what's already inside, right? Life bumps into you, what's already inside is what spills out. Does Jesus spill out of you when life bumps into you? And see, the results of Daniel's courageous decision in verse 9, God gives Daniel favor and goodwill, right? Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief eunuchs. He gives him favor. He gives him that undeserved, undeserved grace, right? That undeserved favor. See, God will never abandon us when we stand for him, ever. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? He will never abandon you. What do you stand for him? Ever. Ever. He's already gone before. He's already prepared the path. He's already initiated. And he will never, ever, ever abandon you. I remember how my mom would always, always say, as long as I'm holding on to my daddy's hand, he can take me anywhere he wants to go. He'll never abandon you. It's us that walk away from him. He will never, ever, ever abandon him when we stand up for him, okay? And Daniel totally entrusted himself to God. And God came through, hugely. Always does, always will. Do you think it was a stretching experience for Daniel? Oh, yeah. You guys, it's a stretching experience for us. Okay, but that makes us conform to the likeness of his son, right? So our faith grows. So the next time we're not rattled as much. So the next time you can walk through this. So the next time you know that you know that God is your helper, your strength, your refuge, your rock, your shelter. That you know that you know that you'll walk and not be weary and you'll run and not faint. You know that you know. That's who he is. Stretching experience for Daniel and his friends. But that stretching experience can either make you more like him or more like your putrid self. It's how you walk through it. It's how you walk through it. And he gave him favor and goodwill of the chief. Of the chief. God moved upon the authorities so that they would regard Daniel with goodwill. He'd already gone before. Right? And he says, you know, I mean, look at, look at how God worked through the wise actions of Daniel in requesting he worked through the wise actions of Daniel in requesting, and he also worked through, you know, to cultivate this goodwill, right, with this chief, and then he also worked through the chief, right? It was a, it was a Daniel and God moment as they walked together, right? And so he, he works both in the unbeliever and he works in the believer, always for his purpose, always for his purpose. And so he had already gone ahead, uh, ahead of that. And so what happens is, is that Daniel then comes in verse um, 10 through 13 that we read, and he suggests a plan. He says, okay, how about this? Here's the plan. Why don't you test us? Let's, why don't you test us? And so he saw the situation through the steward's eyes. Okay? He's realizing that, oh, you know what? This guy could whoosh. I know of King Nebi and what can happen, and I know off with the head would happen. So let me get into his shoes. Let me look at it through his eyes. Is that being Jesus or what? Let me be other, okay, in the midst of this, and I will, because do you see the trusting going on? 
I trust you, Lord, with this guy. I trust you with this is good. Do you see do you see it time after time after time? And he's trusting that he's already gone before him and he's already prepared the way. And so he saw the situation through the steward's eyes and then he addressed his legitimate concerns. Okay, he said, okay, I understand this, okay? And I don't want you to have to pay the price of my conscience. Okay? I don't want you to have to pay the price of my conscience, okay? And so he was willing to put himself and his faith in God to the test. And who did he know was going to win? Always. Always. See, it's, it's where you are with him. It's if you know him. And the power of his resurrection, and the sharing the fellowship of his sufferings. It's, it's, it's your faith that's at test here. Not God. God's already got it done in the heavenlies. You're joining him. It doesn't look good. But guess what? He has it done. You continue. You continue. You overcome. You overcome. You be Jesus, right? And you watch him work. You watch him work. You watch him work. And there is so, something so absolutely reasonable about Daniel's approach, right? Because he could have done a million other things. He could have gone on a hunger strike. He could have gone on top of, you know, the, the big old temple or whatever they had and sit there and just have a big old hunger strike. Nope, not going to do it. Nope, you do these to Marduk and everybody, and nope, nope, not going to do it, right? He could have just gotten ugly as can be and had a hunger strike, right? He could have, what, started throwing over the banquet tables, right? He could have, he could have been just nasty. And, and he, he, instead, he makes a polite request to the right person that God has already prepared, and he says, put us to the test. Why don't you put the onus on us? Because guess what? I'm just putting the onus on God. Put it on me. Because I'm just putting it on God, okay? And so, in this sense, okay, in this sense, we might say that Daniel made a godly and wise compromise, okay, compromise with the chief. That he said, okay, all right. Now, he didn't compromise in an ungodly way, did he? Okay, no, he was like, he was flexible, but it wasn't an ungodly way. He showed the wisdom of James 3.17. Right? You guys, you need to know this by heart. James 3.17, this is that perfect wisdom, right? Wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, willing to yield. Okay? There's the compromise. Not in an ungodly way. Willing to yield. Okay? Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Daniel was walking in wisdom. Walking in God's wisdom. The wisdom that comes from above. Not his own thinking. His own thinking could have absolutely ruined it. You guys, that's why you need to know him. You need to know that he goes before you. You need to know that he does initiate, that he does prepare, that he does do it. Okay? And you join him in that wisdom. If, you, if it takes waiting, you wait. Right? If it takes compromising, not in an ungodly way, you compromise only according to his wisdom. Okay? Spurgeon says this, It is of no use for a man to say, I've made up my mind upon certain things and to keep doggedly fighting over those matters, while at the same time the whole of his life is unkind, ungenerous, and unlovable. Yes, by all manner of means, be a martyr if you like, but do not martyr everybody else. (laughs) Isn't that great? But do not martyr everybody else, right? 
So here he is. He's getting vegetables. He says, okay, vegetables and water to drink, okay? Vegetables. Now, vegetables then were full of all kinds of grains and plants and not strictly vegetables, okay? It's just no meat, all right? And basically, you know, it was a vegetarian diet, okay, chosen because none of the meat would be there because they were sacrificed to the idols, okay? So the question is then, okay, was Daniel presumptuous? You know, I wrote this down. Was Daniel presumptuous? Or testing God when he put God to the test? No. No. Not at all, Doris. Absolutely. Because he had both a command and a promise to trust. Okay, because Exodus 23, 25, and he knew his scripture. You guys, he, see, when you know the word and the word comes back to you at just the right time, how many has that happened to you? It's like, oh yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, how many times are you like, you know what, don't be anxious for anything. Okay, you know what, Lord, I'm anxious for this right now. You know, he says, ain't anything. So is that the anything? It's the anything. Okay, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. But in everything, okay, everything, in prayer and petition, okay, all right, that means everything. So okay, right? Totally brings you, totally brings you. And he, he Exodus twenty three twenty five says, So you shall serve the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh God, Jehovah, personal name. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Okay? So he's got both a command uh, to obey and a promise to trust that came from Yahweh God. That's his God. He knows that he will not let him down. He absolutely knows. There's the promise, right? Remember how we learned at retreat? You don't pray problem-centric. You pray promise-centric. You lay the problem here, your petition, you lay it there, and you say, here's the problem, but the promise is this. That I know that I know that that's who you are. I know that I know that's how I'm going to walk. I know that I know that you've already gone before me. I know that you cannot be anything but this. Just like Abraham prayed. I know that you can't wash away the righteous with the unrighteous. That's not who you are because you're a righteous judge. And so you get right in his wonderful face only because he lets you because of the blood of Jesus. Right? And he knows. And he knows and he knows. And so, and so he knows that it was not presumptuous at all. At, yes, sweetheart. That was a new concept to use are all done and you you muscle your way through it, that's not how we're to live. It's in the midst of it that you stand on his promises. Right? You stand on him. You know that you know that this is who he is. And you know, I don't see it right now, Lord, but I see you and I know this is your promise. And I know I can stand here. And he is fearfully and wonderfully made. And made in your image. And I know that I know. And so you you offer your problems to him as a sacrifice of praise as you stand on his promises. And you proclaim them. And then what happens is that whole don't be anxious for anything and everything, okay, it all becomes true because the peace that passes all human understanding, transcends all human understanding, guards your heart and your mind. 
in Christ Jesus. Right? Right? That's taking our thoughts captive. It's standing on his promises. That's who he is. And the more we know who he is, the more we can walk through things like, like Doris is talking about. In the midst of it. In the midst of it. That's knowing that you're walking in the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay? Thank you for sharing that. Uh, verses 14 through 16. Okay, now Daniel and his buddies, okay, uh, are blessed now for their faithfulness. You see what God does? Okay, even in the midst of it, it's looking pretty bad. Okay, but don't you love it? He goes, yeah, but see, I'll walk you through it. And oh, by the way, I then bless you on top of it. You guys, you're blessed for your faithfulness. Are you, are you, you guys, when you don't look at the problem and you're problem-centric and you know that you live above the line and you're promise-centric and you continue to tell them, okay, you have me here, I see this here, I'm walking in your wisdom, I will wait on you, and this is, and you dig in and you pray and pray and pray, what happens is, is he goes, look at her faithfulness. Look at what she's doing. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly, watch me work, watch me work. Keep your eyes up, keep your eyes on me, on the lift of your head, watch me work. And he goes, oh, and by the way, then I also bless you. I also bless you because, you know, I can't do anything else but because that's who I am. That's who I am, okay? And so, you know, um, so in, in verse, uh, what was I in, 14 through 16, okay? So the, the chief guy, so he consents with them in the matter, okay? Okay, now this is the hand of God at work, isn't it? I mean, this is the hand of God at work that this guy said, all right, great. All right, let's do it. We'll test it. Wait, hand of God at work, you guys. I can't tell you enough. You need, I mean, don't think for a second this purposing in his heart that Daniel purposed in his heart, he resolved in his heart. Do you remember he's a man of prayer? Do you remember Daniel was always praying? Always, we'll learn that as we go on. He was always praying. You guys, prayer is the first thing, second thing, third thing, last thing. Prayer is everything, right? Prayer is is the only thing that reaches heaven before we do. Prayer is absolutely us being in you know, the Father's storehouse by Jesus' credit card. Okay? And we're able to go to him and say, here, here, Lord, here, here, here it is. Right? I mean, prayer is everything. You guys, pray and pray and then pray some more. And pray some more and watch him work. He moves mountains. He crumbles mountains. He brings the mountain to you. He takes you over the mountain. He will destroy the mountain. He absolutely is the one who does it. We are the one who give up. We give up on praying. And it was right here. Oh, Margaret, you know what? It was right here and you just quit. It's like, right? And we just quit. We just quit. It's too hard. It's too hard. I don't see, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see what, you know, I was praying for. Right? And we pigeonhole him. We put him in a little box. We tell him this is it. And he goes, no, see, the grandiose big picture is this. And this is what is going to be happening. So you look for him. You look for him in everything. And so, and so here, the hand of God is at work, okay? Because this chief was able to have all the power to be able to say what in this situation? Ixnay. Nope. Not going to happen. Right? It began and ended with him. And remember, whoosh, off with the head. He's thinking in the back of his head. Right? So he could have easily said no. Nope, not going to happen, okay? And, and so Daniel and his friends were completely at the mercy of this guy. Courageous decision, wasn't it? Not really. Not when you know God's gone before you. Right? Not when you know he's gone before you. Not when you know God like Daniel does. You know, because he kept going forward as an overcomer, as an overcomer, okay? And so 
God moved upon this man and he consented with them in this manner. Okay? Do you believe God could do that? Do you believe in your life that God can do that? Not just in Daniel's, not just because it's in the Bible we get to read it thousands of years later, but your life? Right? Oh, absolutely. God goes before you. He'll work any way that he receives the most glory through anybody that he chooses. Anybody. Or circumstance, or the word of God, or prayer, or creation. All the love gifts that he's left for us. Those are love gifts that he brings us through, brings us through. Okay? And then what happens is, is what happens? They are better they are better in every which way, right? After all the veggies and after all the water and everything, they are better every which way, okay? There's the hand of God at work as well, right? Everybody else is eating this sumptuous food, all kinds of protein, all kinds of calcium, all kinds of this. Yeah, I'm sure there's a big workout routine, all kinds of stuff, and they end up being heads and shoulders above the rest of them. There's God's hand at work, okay? There is no biological reason why a vegetarian diet should make them appear better and bigger. There should not be, okay? God's hand at work, once again, okay? And, and you know, they, it could perhaps make them look the same as other Jewish men, but not better. Not heads and shoulders better. But see, when God's hand is at work, He's God. He's got the best plan. Not our little puny plan. Not our better plan. He's got the best plan. The best plan. And when you go with His best plan... He has it absolutely the best. And so, it's at, it's so that what happens is you need to watch for his hand all the time. You need to watch for his hand all the time. How is God working in this? How is he working in this? Watch him work. Watch him work, okay? Where do you see God's hand at work right now? Right now. It could be just in the fact that you walk through peace for the first time ever in this. Doris, there's God's hand at work. Right? That, that you have experienced the peace of giving him absolute peace. You know, standing on his promises and, and praying that to him, and that and that you're walking through peace. There's God's hand at work. That's hugely God's hand at work. Okay, and so in verses 17 through 21, what happens is Daniel and his companions that are blessed and promoted. Okay, bingo, more favor, more favor, more favor, more favor. Right? Just keep walking, keep trusting, keep knowing that he God initiates, God prepares, he plans, and then he does. Okay, and then now what happens is it's like okay, they're blessed and promoted. All right. So God gave them what in verse nine, in verse seventeen? Is it seventeen where it says God gave them knowledge and knowledge and understanding. understanding? Right? Here he gives them everything. He gave them knowledge and skill. Okay, the special intellectual ability of Daniel and his companions to do this was not due to their diet. Are you following me? Had nothing to do with their diet. God blessed them because they were obedient. They did not go in direct disobedience to God's law. And he goes, that's my girl. That's my guy. That's how to walk. That's it. Yep, that's it. I, I can't do anything else but bless you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the way. That's the way. Watch me work. Watch me work. I'll bring heaven down here for you. Watch me work. And so as they, as they walked, you know, it, it was a special intervention of the Lord that they were able to have all the knowledge, all the understanding. Because God already knew that they would what? Need it later. They would need it later. He had his plans, right? We see that little tiny snapshot. Little tiny snapshot. Okay, I'm going to obey because this would be in direct disobedience to God's law and I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to walk this way and I'm going to walk 
in, in his understanding and in the courageous way that only he would have me walk and be kind and compassionate and forbearing to these other people because God's already prepared the way. I mean, okay, and so as you continue to walk that way, what happens is, is that he is able to intervene because you are joining him in what he's doing. So we think it's a little tiny snapshot and he sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He knew Daniel and the guys needed to have this. He had bigger plans for them. Same with us. Same with us. Same with us. Same with us. It's the crisis of belief you come to. Right? Experiencing God, you come to that crisis of belief. You're going to walk over and believe it, you're going to stand there. It's your choice. But the more you know God, the more you know Jesus, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to just work in and through you, guess what? You'll walk over the line every time. Every time. Because you know him. Because when he needs to be Jehovah Jireh, just at the right time to be Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Jireh. Right? Oh yeah. When he needs to be your refuge and strength and you hide in the rock, that's exactly when he is. When he needs to be banner over you as love, he's just that, he's just that name right then, right then to you. Because you know. He can't be anything else but. He can't be anything else but. And so... And so here's a special intervention of the Lord that they get, not because of the diet that they did, all right? It's because of how he intervened, okay? And so, and so, um, and so Spurgeon says this, These young Jewish men gave themselves to the Lord in a remarkable way and blessed them in a remarkable way. If Christians would only give over and above their reasonable service, the Lord would give over, would give over and above the usual blessing. Did you hear that? If Christians would only give over and above their reasonable service, the Lord would give over and above the usual blessing. Daniel and his friends understood this principle and God blessed them for acting on it. It's not enough that you go, oh yeah, I understand that. Yeah, okay, I understand that. You've got to act on it. You've got to walk over the line. You have to act on what you believe. You can't just go, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. Because if you stand back there and just acknowledge that, then you're just becoming a smarter sinner. And you're not walking over the line and absolutely recklessly abandoning yourself to him by your faith. And you're missing out. Yes, sweetheart. Amen. We cannot. It's impossible to please him without faith. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so then Daniel was given the understanding of what? Dreams and what? Visions, even more than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was given the ability to, of, of dreams and visions, okay? And so, um, when you think about that, it shows Daniel's heart, doesn't it? The, the purity of his heart to think that God would allow him to be able to um, share with him because the Holy Spirit would be telling him what this dream is. Not only, you guys, you have to remember, when we study Nebuchadnezzar's dream, you know, not only... Did he? Did Nebuchadnezzar ask about the dream? He didn't even want to tell anybody what the dream was. He wanted the quote unquote, you know, his little dudes, right, to come up and tell him, "Hey, this is the dream, and now here's what it means." Okay, and they of course couldn't do it. Meanwhile, Daniel waited on the Lord, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and had all of his buddies pray with him. Okay, and then he was able to not only go to Nebuchadnezzar and tell him what his dream was, right? And then he interpreted it. Okay, I want to tell you something. That's more than Joseph was able to do. 
Joseph was able to interpret, but he was never able to tell the dream. The dream was always told to him. Do you realize what a pure in heart guy Daniel was? To think that to think that Daniel had the understanding in all visions and dreams, all of them. Pure in heart and faithfulness to God to come before enlightenment in divine mysteries that God's giving him. Wow. Isn't that great? Right? As you walk pure in heart, right? And Daniel will later receive an incredibly huge revelation which we'll talk about as we get into those chapters. He'll receive a huge revelation, but now he just shows himself simply as a dedicated follower of Yahweh God. Just doing the next right thing. Just doing the next right thing. Next right thing. Next right thing. Can be faithful in little. Can be faithful in much. Right? You can be trusted in little. Trusted in much. And there's Daniel's heart, okay? And then it says, none was found in all the kingdom, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, okay? And so here these young men from Jerusalem were immersed in Babylonian culture, right? Immersed in it in the study of Babylonian culture, literature, religion, yet they remained faithful to Yahweh God, right? None, none was found, okay? The work of the prophets like Jeremiah, Zephaniah, and Habakkuk had not been in vain. They were in Babylon, but they were not of Babylon. Right? You are in the world, but you are not of the world. And that's how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived in that. Okay? And so... And so at the very end then, and in uh, chapter 1 it says, Thus Daniel continued the first year, until the first year of King Cyrus. Okay, So Daniel had this long, successful career. Successful career. In the worst of circumstances. Okay, usually when you look at people, you say, oh wow, look at, how, oh, look at their career, look at this, this, oh wow, this, 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 and everything. Uh, except, except you don't really know what's going on behind, behind the scenes. Right? He had the worst of circumstances. And he had the best career. He so parallels Joseph to me that way. Right? It's just, that's who he is. He purposed in his heart. He wasn't going to defile. And God continued to place him here then. Place him here. Place him here. Place him here. And it wasn't in really great spots. If you're wondering why God has you in this spot right now, you know what? Just rest in him. And let him know that it's okay. And that you are not going to turn back on him. That you are absolutely purposing in your heart to follow him. And that you are going to walk in his wisdom, in his ways. And that you will continue to beseech him. Not besiege. Beseech. You are going to go after him. You are going to ask. You are going to seek. You are going to knock. He says, ask. I'll give it to you. You continue to. And he goes, yep. Yep. I'll show you my faithfulness. Here it is. Just like Daniel. Okay? And so... And so Daniel works for these tyrants who thought nothing of killing, you know, killing their staff and advisors, much less over firing them. I mean, you know, getting fired is one thing. I mean, he, you do something wrong and they could kill you. They would kill you, okay? And, and his employer um, suffered the worst kind of hostile takeover when the Medo-Persian Empire conquered the Babylonian Empire, okay? If you're a big history nut, that was a huge, huge deceit. Defeat, huge defeat, okay? But the seeds of his great success are evident in the very first chapter of the book of Daniel, okay? What, what they're showing us in the first 
you know, book of Daniel here in the first chapter, what he's saying is, is that Daniel and his friends show their inner conviction. Their absolute inner conviction can overcome any outer pressure. Can yours? Can yours? Can your inner conviction triumph over any outer pressure that you have? Because that's who Daniel is. That's who his, his friends were, okay? And, and God-honoring convictions receive God-honoring rewards. Right? Those convictions receive rewards. As you're able to walk, you're able to walk, you're able to walk, you're able to walk, you're able to walk. Right? And so, and so it shows us this inner conviction can overcome any outer pressure. It's a volume thing. It's a volume thing. Right? The Holy Spirit in you just keeps growing, 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 growing. The volume thing. And what is the Holy Spirit is? You're listening to him and you're walking because he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. What happens? He just pushes it back. He pushes it back. Pushes it back. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of evil. There's all kinds of horrific stuff like what you just shared about your niece. Horrific stuff. Even stuff in our, in our, you know, our, our families and stuff that goes on and, and all different things that happen, right? Schools and everything. Oh, but guess what? Here I am. Here I am. Inner conviction. A purpose in my heart that this is who he is. This is how I'm going to walk. And guess what? I'm leaving all the rest to him. Just going to do the next right thing. Next right thing. Because it displaces all the outer pressure. That's why you're able to walk with what? At peace. That passes all human understanding. Because people don't get that. And then when they don't get that, they look at you and go, what is it about you? 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 And you lead them right to the throne. Well, that's not me, but that's Jesus in me. And I'm going to walk that way until I see him face to face. You guys, that's who Daniel is. That's just the introduction of who Daniel is. Okay, and so what, what he does is in, in the, the last 10 minutes, I want you to look at, um, I just want to read through this with you because I want you to read this this week, okay? With about Nebuchadnezzar's dream because it's a very troubling dream. It's a very troubling dream. And he is very, very upset about it. Okay? In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. So, so he first goes to his dudes. Okay? All right. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. In other words, they're trying to buy time. Okay. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces, and your house is turned into piles of rubble. There you go. Now they're standing, quaking in their boots, right? But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. 
No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. Don't you love how Yahweh God is setting this up? Right? I mean, they're saying, oh, no, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, nobody, don't you love? And God, God's just at the ready. Right? And you see him? Watch me work. Watch me work. Nobody can do this, right? Verse 12. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Are you, are you seeing this? In the midst of the trouble, midst of it. Remember, he's going to be put to death, okay? All of you have been put to death. In the midst of the trouble, Daniel spoke up, or excuse me, spoke to him with wisdom and tact. That's important. Underline that. It's in the midst. It's in the midst of the trouble. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Okay. Because he's asked for time, he, what is he going to do in that time? Oh, absolutely. Okay. But he already has purposed in his heart and he knows that God will deliver. Because he's the deliverer. Right? He already knows. Uh, to interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel in 17. Uh, 16. Uh, I asked for time. Okay, 17. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God, my fathers, of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you, you have made known to us the dream of the king. You see what happened immediately? In the midst of the trouble, Daniel Daniel speaks up. Then he goes to his friends and he says, you need to plead to Yahweh God for mercy, that we don't get what we deserve. And I am going to take a little nappy pie. And I'm expecting God will answer. And he does. And then what does he immediately do? He praises him. He praises him. He praises him in the storm. He praises him before he goes. And he, Guys, he's praising him even before he's gone to Nebuchadnezzar and told Nebuchadnezzar the story. Do you see that faith? I mean, what if God told him the wrong thing? I mean, what if this really wasn't the dream? What if he said this? What if that? He could have done all these what ifs, but he didn't. He already praised him and said, Woo! Praise be to the name of God forever and ever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king, even before he went to Nebuchadnezzar. 
That's faith. Certain of what you don't see, sure of what you hope for. That's faith. Right? How's your faith? How's your faith? Troubling, troubling dream. Right? Don't you love it? King Nebuchadnezzar always had these troubling dreams, right? All these kings, uh, right? because they lived such horrendous lives, right? That it was just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. you'd have all these you know, different troubling dreams, couldn't sleep, right? And so he's only in his second year. Remember, Nebi ran home because his dad, Napopolazar, remember his dad died in battle. And, and no, no, his dad died. Excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar was in battle. And so Nebuchadnezzar runs home ever quickly, not to go, oh, my dad's dead and I'll, I'll mourn him, but to take over the throne, right, is this young king. He was from prince to king, and so now he's in his second year, okay? And, and, so, um, and so what happens is his spirit is troubling him so much, right, as he slept, okay? And, and, so, and so he couldn't sleep because the spirit was troubling him so much. And so this dream comes upon him. And so it's something so disturbing in this dream that Nebuchadnezzar knew that it was unusually significant. So I need to find something out about this. There needs to be something out about this, okay? And so, and so he commands to call all the goons, right? All the goons, all the magicians, astrologers, all of his, all of his guys, right? You guys, come on. This is really, really, this is, and I love it. He says, make known the dream to me. You need to tell me what the dream is. You guys, that's a big trick. I mean, you know, whoa, they've never done that, right? You need to make known the dream to me. You tell me first what the dream is, okay? Um, and, and it's hard to say if Nebuchadnezzar really remembered his dream or not, okay? I, you know, I don't know, or, or perhaps he has a sense of it and a vague remembrance of it, okay? But he wants to hear the dream played back to him. Play by play, okay? And so, and, and, and I, he says, I'll know then because you'll tell me the dream and then you'll give me this interpretation, right? And so Nebuchadnezzar has absolutely no criteria by which to judge the accuracy of this, okay? You have to remember that, okay, of the interpretation of, this wise, of the dream by these quote-unquote wise men, okay? Uh, but he could test the ability to see if they are right in what he had dreamed. Are you following me? Okay, so that's why he was putting them to the test. Okay, now you have to remember God allowed that, right? God allowed that for Nebuchadnezzar to come to that point. Okay, so that he could show who he is through Daniel. Okay, so that he is Kahuna God, Yahweh God, right? These guys are nothing. This is absolutely nothing, right? That's what he does. He sets it up so he receives the glory. Okay, and that's what he does in our lives. Okay? You have to wait on him. You have to continue to walk with him. You have to say, okay, you know what? And, and be on your knees and say, all right, you, you get the glory. You receive the glory. I don't see it right now, but I do trust you. I do trust you. And you don't want any of the glory. You don't, that's vain glory. That's cheap grace. That, that, that's, you know, that's not why he died. You want him to receive the glory so that it points to him. It points to him so that you can bring others along with you, right? For his glory, okay? And so... And so, um, despite all these protests that are going on, right, I love this, in closing, right, they're all like, well, great king, can't you see, you, you go up and tell him. You know, get Mikey, he'll do it, right? Well, great king, you know, uh, great king, well, yes, great king, you know, we need to, you know, uh, really, tell us your dream, and then we will absolutely interpret it. Right, right, guys? That's what we said. Okay, all right, great. Right. And, and then, and then King Nebby talks again, right? All right, I can only see him on VeggieTales, right? So then, every, every time I see him, you know, I'm like, there he is, all right? So then, it's like, no, no, not going to do it. This is what you need to do, or death, right? House is gone. Everything gone. Now they're, 
You go, you go, okay. Oh, great king. Oh, great king, right? And now they try it again, right? What, uh, this, this. And by the way, nobody's able to do this. Nobody. I mean, nobody. And he's like, from here to there to this, right? And he's, he's just, I can just see him. He's just, you guys are pitiful. You guys are pitiful, right? I mean, this is, this is, really? What do I hire you for? I pay you big bucks, right? Astrologers, they always, they always had all those guys around him, right? All the time. Are you kidding me? I had a dream. You're supposed to tell me the dream and interpret it. That's what I hired you for, right? By the way, I'm not happy about this, right? I mean, I can just, I can just see him doing this, right? He tells them that they're going to be what? Cut in pieces. They're going to be, <laughs> what am I laughing for? They're going to be cut in pieces. All right, he is, he is puking this out. They're going to be cut. In, okay, the harsh threat of this and the method of that execution, right, is perfectly described as an Eastern monarch. That's what they would do. That's what they would do. They would just cut him into pieces. And so, and so um, you know, uh, when I was reading this, extra biblical wise, do you know what they do? Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. No. I probably shouldn't tell you this. Yeah. I won't tell you this. Yeah, because you don't need to know that. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. As D, as D. Stewart used to say when we asked him to tell his testimony, I was bad. I was really, really bad. And I'm like, D, we don't need to hear all that. We just need to hear how you came to Christ. You know, well, I was bad, right? This is bad. I mean, they would literally dismember them, okay? And so what happens is, is when he's telling this to these guys, right, he realizes that... Um, that that he's going to have to follow through with this. You have to remember that there's that threat, and then you have to follow through with this, and then these guys aren't coming up with anything. And then God initiates, right? God intervenes. God intervenes. And he's going to go kill Daniel as well, right? And Daniel, what does he say? Right in the midst of it. Hey, let me have a chance at this. You know, let, me, let me speak. Let me speak to this, right? Totally trustworthy, trusting in Yahweh God. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, you know what, that's it. We're done. I mean, this is enough. Right? I've, I've gone through this. I've gone through this. I mean, there are horrific circumstances already. That's great, God. I'll come to see you. We're done. He could have done that. He didn't. He didn't. He said, bring it on. i got a great big God that I trust. So how are you living? You tell, hey, bring it on. I got a great big God. He that's in me, greater than he that's in the world. Same power raised Jesus Christ in the dead, lives in me. Danny Clayton and I used to listen to this um, um, song by P.O.D. It was sort of a hard-banging uh, Christian song. And what they said is, they would say, they were talking to um, the toothless lion, Joe Briscoe's favorite word, and it would say, is that all you got? I mean, really? Is that all you got? And that's what Daniel's going, really? I got a great big God. He goes before me. I've seen it time and time again. I know who he is. I absolutely know who he is. And I am not going to be thwarted. His plan will continue to go. It's not just about Daniel, ladies. It's about us right now. Us right now. He intervenes. He initiates. He prepares. He plans. And he does. And we keep walking. And we keep walking. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we thank you so much that, that you have everything in the word of God for us, for life and godliness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you that Daniel isn't just a book in the Bible, but it's a, it's a person who lived out loud for you, who became more and more like you and less like his putrid self, who absolutely walked in wisdom, walked in truth, and allowed you to receive all the glory. Lord, no matter what horrendous circumstances could be um, around us now or we're going into or we've just come out of, Lord, in that fallen world stuff, Lord God, I just ask that we would see you as Daniel sees you. That we would trust you as Daniel trusts you. That we would know you as Daniel knows you. And that we would walk in full assurance knowing that uh, you initiate, you brought us to yourself by initiation, by bringing us, by revealing yourself to us through revelation. And you continue to be the hound of heaven going after us. And so, Lord, may we respond to you and walk above that line that you could trust us because we're trusting you right back. Help us to know you more. Help us to know you more. Give us that desire to want to know you more. So that we can walk through this earth pointing people to you, Lord. And we can walk with that peace that passes all human, all human, oh God, understanding. And you will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory because you are worthy to be praised. Not for even for what you have done, but just for who you are. I ask that you would just take these women this week. Let them want to continue to read and dig in, Lord, and know Daniel more. Become a Daniel. Go deep and search our hearts. Bless them this week, Lord God. Bring them back next week. Uh, just uh, full of, of revelation from you as they walk through every single day being a Daniel. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for this time together in a public place where we can worship you and adore you and call your name. Jesus, the name that's above every name, that every knee will bow and every tongue will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. 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 Yes, hon. Why?